Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. On my recent podcast episode uh, entitled, Why Do Flying Saucers Sometimes Crash? I ran a poll that asked the question, have you ever encountered an extraterrestrial creature? Uh, so far at this point that I'm doing this podcast today, uh, 31 people have responded and uh, 26 or 83.9% said no and 5 or 16.1% say yes. Now, uh, you know, of course, not everyone's going to see one of these things, obviously. I mean, so this is a, a pretty high percentage of no's, and probably that, probably that's a good thing. But there is a percentage of people so far that have said yes, that they have encountered an extraterrestrial creature. Um, now, I know I have. Uh, if I were to vote on this, which I have not, uh, it would be six. I could change that percentage, but I'm not going to do that. Of course, this is this is for people who listen to me and not for me. Uh, and I'm going to ask. Uh, there's going to be a similar poll for this podcast uh, if you want to vote on it. It's going to be: Have you ever encountered an extraterrestrial creature when you were a child? <clears throat> now that question is pertains more to what I'm talking about today, and the uh, how I really want to talk about how this whole UFO cover up really has a derogatory effect on children. I, I really believe that. I've come to the belief that this is not good. Keeping this a secret is not just bad for humanity, for for humanity to understand the, the truth of what's going on, right, with regard to UFOs and extraterrestrial uh, visitation. It's, it's important for all of humankind to understand that, but I believe that some of the people that have perhaps a it affects the the worst the the have the worst uh outcome from from not knowing the truth are children i really believe that and i'm gonna make my case during this this episode now of course everyone knows of the aerial phenomenon uh aerial phenomenon case and there was a, a documentary that came out last year and i've talked about that documentary i talked about how excellent i thought it was and uh you know basically everyone knows the story of uh, people who have been listening to my podcast because i've talked about this case so many times people know uh what happened i mean basically over 60 kids back in 1990 uh september of 1994 were on a recess in, around 10 o'clock in the morning at this aerial school located in zimbabwe and over 60 kids there was other more more than 60 kids outside but over 60 of them actually witnessed a flying saucer or saucers one of them landed and they also witnessed alien beings exiting this craft and one of the beings communicated uh, telepathically with several of the children now <clears throat> one of the people that was there one of the students at the time was uh, a, a young lady named emily trim well she's a young lady now she was a little girl at the time emily trim and she was featured extensively in this movie that uh, this documentary that came out last year uh, aerial phenomenon and well she was one of the people that saw these beings and these beings actually one of the this one being was communicating with several of the children that were there and one of the being one of the children that was uh, communicated with was emily trim now at the time uh, if you watch this documentary, there was, uh, you know, it it talked about how this affected her. Like this, her she came from a highly religious family that didn't believe in this kind of thing. 
So when her mother and father heard this, they didn't want her to talk about this. And, you know, this is not, that's not, there's no way that this could happen. Basically, she sees something along with 60 other kids and, and all these kids are all saying the same thing. It was, these weren't human, whatever they were, they were, they were alien beings and they came down, they, they showed up in a flying saucer. Um, and, but she had a very, it, it affected her life from that point on. I mean, it, it, it caused friction within her family and, you know, she's never really come to full, you know, it was hard for her to come to terms with this. Uh, she, uh, she's been drawing, uh, she's over the years since this happened, she's, she draws this all the time to try to, uh, as an, I guess an emotional release perhaps. Uh, but it, it, again, it was a bad effect for her because again, she wasn't allowed to believe what she saw because her fa- her her parents were so religious that uh, that you know you you yeah this is not there's no way this could be true that so you can't believe this and this and that. And next thing you know, that they, they actually picked up and moved away. Uh, not long after this incident, they moved they all moved to Canada to try to forget this because <laughs> this was this was a no no in that household. Uh, and actually, here is. Uh, there was a article that I dug up here. It was, uh, I'll leave the link for this. It's, uh, victorstiff.com. Uh, this is a guy who was writing reviews here. Uh, and he wrote a review last, uh, May of last year on this whole, on this documentary. And he talked about, um, Emily Trim in this one section. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll read the part where he talks about Emily Trim. And you, you, you could check out this entire movie review for yourself. I will leave the link for it. It says, The documentary gives viewers a lot to process. Uh, so Nickerson, the guy who uh, directed the movie, anchors the movie in a few key subjects, uh, chiefly Emily Trim. Trim was one of the school children who witnessed the encounter. Soon after the event, her family packed up and moved to Canada. Nickerson follows Trim as she returns to the aerial school to help her make peace with her memories. Focusing on Trim further humanizes the story. It's easy to look at the aerial incident as an exciting event, but for the children who were there, the experience was a burden. They grew up wrestling with feelings of confusion, self-doubt, and fear of ridicule. Some of them buried the incident and refused to share it with their significant others to this day. Trim's presence in the film forces viewers to confront how the event's impact had reverberated through the kids' lives. She processes what happened that day by creating art, and she's produced a body of work inspired by her otherworldly encounter. Trim channels her complicated feelings onto canvases, creating physical depictions of her inner turmoil. It's as close as we'll ever get to being inside these experiencers' head heads. So again, this uh, uh, this movie is excellent. Again, this was a movie that. I, I highly recommend it. Recommend it. It's actually it was directed by a, a guy named Randall Nickerson, who actually had an encounter of his own when he was a young younger person, and uh, he, which he doesn't talk about uh, publicly, as far as far as I can tell, not anymore. He used to, uh, but, but I guess he's he was in this case interested him, and it took him many many years to put this documentary together, and I highly recommend it. But this is just one of the people, one of the and these other, there were other kids that were featured in this in this film in this documentary. Uh, who, you know, it's, they, they don't tell their, you know, if they, uh, there was one woman who, sh- you know, she got married, she didn't want to tell her husband, you know, it's something you don't want to talk about because the problem is, is because it's not accepted as reality in the world. And that's because there's been this ongoing cover up about the reality of the extraterrestrial presence ongoing since 1947. And this cover up is extends across the world. 
It's just not accepted. It's just not believed. And, then we, and when you're a kid and then you see something like this and you have an experience, you're told, no, 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 that's not what you saw, even though you know you saw it. And when you're a kid, this is, this is something that could confuse a child. And it shouldn't. It should. And when, when these things happen, if you're a child and this thing ha- a, you have an encounter with an alien being, it should be, well, yeah, I guess that happens sometimes. You know, there's a such thing as aliens. Uh, we don't know what they're doing. I mean, this is this should be the story that's told to kids. We don't know what they're doing. Our government's still still looking into it, uh, but we we don't know what they're doing. They, they seem friendly. Whatever the story is that you, that you have to tell the kid, it it would be so much better if this information was. Uh, if the governments would acknowledge it, acknowledge the reality already. Instead, they continue to cover it up and it ha- and has a detrimental effect on children. And I could tell you this firsthand, and I'll get into that later. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, so, you know, I, I just believe that uh, it's it's one of the biggest, the, the people, the, the group of people over the decades who have suffered the most over this it's not just adults who you know of course there's some adults who when they see something and they report it you know sometimes they'll end up losing their job because of this because hey that guy must be crazy he saw a ufo flying saucer <clears throat> but a kid has to internalize this and then wonder their whole lives as they grow up what the hell happened or what the hell's happening it has to be worse actually now this is now the incident in ariel was basically an encounter where a lot of kids saw together as a group saw something that's one thing right but then you have other kids right you you read enough books about alien abduction you find out that there's a whole bunch of people out there uh who w- first start experiencing this stuff when they were kids and how do you and then who do you go to to tell about this because nobody's going to believe you and when you do go to tell them about it they're going to tell you oh no you, you must be seeing things or you're a liar you're a liar or maybe you were dreaming or this or that they they'll give you all they'll give a kid uh, an adult will give a, a a child a whole bunch of other things that have was that when really the, in the kid's mind the kid knows for a fact that something's going on or something happened to him or her and then the next thing you know there's nowhere to turn because nobody believes them or they or they're called you know they're called liars or they say oh you know, it was just a dream or or or, or they'll get me and if, the, if more people find out about it because it's not accepted because the government hasn't uh, uh acknowledged it yet because they have they have kept the truth from the world uh to this point because of that they'll get made fun of in school other kids who hear this will who aren't having experiences or who don't believe this will say oh that kid's a goofball or, or he's screwy or that kid's weird because he saw an extraterrestrial that's crazy talk i mean you see, there's so many stories like this <clears throat> but these things happen especially when you think about it uh, it has to be even worse for kids who start getting abducted when they're children i mean uh, and I'll say to a, to a parent that doesn't know any better, that doesn't realize that there's extraterrestrial abduction, alien abduction, they don't realize that's a thing, right? Or they don't believe it because they think it's silly because that's what the news media has been telling them for their whole lives. All of a sudden, their kid comes up to them and says, you know, there was something in my room last night that took me away and it looked like an operating room or something. And I like felt like I was in a hospital. There was these little guys with big heads and they were, uh, look, they were looking at me on a table and... And then the parents are like, oh, that was just a dream. Oh, that's nothing. No, no, don't worry about it. That's, such a dr- that's just a dream. Or, or oh, you, you're just telling me a lie or you're lying. You're, you're kidding me. So then the kid doesn't know what doesn't. And, and it comes to a point where the kid then all of a sudden just has to shut, shut his, his or her trap because they're afraid that they're going to they're going to get in trouble for, quote, lying, end quote, or, you know, you know, something to that effect. 
So it is a problem for, I really believe that, you know, when you really put all of this into focus, when you really look at the entire cover-up and how it affects different people, of course, as we, we talk about, there's so many different people who, you know, there's pilots, there's been airline pilots, who like adults, who, who end up talking about this publicly, and then they end up losing their jobs, or even not publicly, just mentioning it. You know, some I've I heard stories stories where a pilot might mention it to another pilot, and the next thing you know, uh, that other pilot squeals on the on the pilot that had the, the had the sighting of a UFO, and next thing you know, the guy's getting uh, tested for a mental getting a mental evaluation. And again, that's because the government hasn't come clean on this. They've they've just, they've opted to keep this a secret from from the world. You know, partic- I think it's you know I don't know which governments. I'm not sure if every single there's a lot of governments throughout this world. There's a lot of different countries in this world i don't think all countries right understand that there's an extra or, or all i don't think all countries are, are studying this in, in secret i think there's only certain group of countries that are studying this i think it's the united states i think it's mostly the bigger countries that are studying this in secret and it's probably there's most certainly agreements with some of the smaller countries and they're brought into it too and they're all told hey we got to keep this secret because of this reason and that reason and this reason and that reason because the weapons manufacturers who we're dealing with they're trying to uh reverse engineer this because we we want to take over the world at some point you know and this this would be a great way to do that if we reverse engineer this stuff t- uh successfully then we could reproduce all these flying saucers and other device and other uh, uh alien technology uh objects and and we could take over the world that's that's more important you know that, that's that's more important rather than just letting the world at least uh, at least they could at least tell the world the truth though right so at least some of these you know because again uh, while there are adults who suffer from this from when they have when they have sightings and they report these sightings o- over the decades i mean i'm not sure if it, i don't think it's as bad these days because of what's been going on the last five years because of the, the it seems like the government's coming clean a little bit but still we're not we're still not there we still don't have that disclosure and because of that uh, there are some people who will if you if you say you see uh, saw a ufo or an alien being and you say that at, 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 at your place of employment what might happen you're gonna you might get made fun of some people might believe you. Some people might be okay with that. But, you know, who knows? You might be getting brought in for a mental evaluation. You just don't know. You don't know how it's going to be. How some, some people look at it differently. But there are the other people that we forget about here are the children. The children that deal with this stuff. The children who get abducted or, or have experiences when they're on a, see, see something and then they tell people about it and everyone thinks because it's not accepted because it's, right now it's, 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 it's not been, quote, proven, end quote. Because of that, that means they must be silly or they're goofballs or they're weird, you know. So they get made fun of in school. And you know how, you know, all other kids kids can be cruel as the old saying goes um but anyway uh, there was I, I was talking to somebody recently and i i can't use this person's name uh but there was a story and this was something that happened in the 1950s to this person and uh anyhow uh this person i guess uh, we'll call her uh we'll call her Teresa. okay now, when Teresa was a little girl, there was a couple of things that happened. Now, Teresa doesn't know. She's, she's not aware. She doesn't know if this has anything to do with extraterrestrials, right? But I think it might have. Uh, I, I think I, I, I've come to the conclusion that maybe aliens were involved because there are very strange things that happened. And I will lay these things out. Because, again, now, again this was in the 50s. So, uh, in the 1950s, <laughs> 
this was a new thing for it was only you know people were only seeing flying saucers since 47 that's it didn't start getting talked about till 47 so this was sometime in the in the mid to late 1950s when this person was uh about nine years old <clears throat> and so Teresa, there was a couple of different things that happened very strange things one of the events that happened was she she lived in a house and her with her mom and dad and her brothers and sisters and one night uh, late at night, she she heard noises from coming from the kitchen. Strange noises. It sounded like all of the utensils, the forks, knives, and spoons inside the drawer were just shaking, like rattling loudly. And it just kept on doing it for a, a while. And she was so afraid, she didn't know what to do. She just laid there. Listen, she thought maybe somebody broke into the house. But then on another occasion, something really strange happened. Um, well, she uh. The one night she woke up in the middle of the night and it was late. Everyone in the whole house was sleeping, and she heard there was a. Uh, she heard this strange music coming from outside somewhere. She couldn't identify what this. It was. It wasn't any kind of music that she ever heard before or since. It was like a. It. It wasn't like your. It wasn't any kind of orchestra kind of music. It was more like electronic tonality type of a music, and it was scaring the hell out of her. And she had no idea where this was coming from or what it was, what it meant. It's in the middle of the night, you know, in the 1950s, and you're hearing this strange music that, uh, for one thing, just didn't jibe with the times. It was just out of place. Whatever kind of music this was, and she never forgot this music. She can't describe it. Uh, today I've, I've just talked to this person recently she can't describe what this how this she's never heard anything like it before or since uh, but anyway what the strange part was was that she she got up uh, she got out of bed she mean this scared her this was scaring her so badly that she had a she felt like she needed to wake her mom up so she went in her mom and dad's bedroom and she's trying to wake her mom up and her mom's not waking up she's shaking her she's yelling at her and her mom's just laying there you know the father's not waking up nobody's waking up no matter what she did to try to wake her mom up she couldn't get her up and meanwhile this strange music just that she only could describe as music is just going on and on and on so eventually she gave up she couldn't wake her up it was like she was completely conked out no no response whatsoever so she snuck back to bed she crept back to bed and she just laid down just laid there and eventually fell asleep now it's not that now, now this uh, Teresa's mom wasn't a drunk or anything like that. I mean, there was normal people living a normal life back in the 1950s, and for whatever reason, in the middle of the night, despite how hard she tried, she could not wake wake her mom up. And this music just continued, and then she just fell asleep eventually, scared out of her mind. Now, I, I now there was a case that I I dug up that that's somewhat similar to this, where, where music is involved. Um, now again, this is something, this was a child when, when Teresa was a child and this happened again, there was no connection made at the time that this might be extraterrestrial. In fact, I don't see how it could have, I mean, even if, even if, the uh, the government had been upfront right from the beginning in 1947 about Roswell, even if the government was upfront about what, that, that it suspected that these things were from another planet, even if that were true back in the 1950s, they still wouldn't have made any connection because nobody really knew anything back in the fifties about aliens abductions or anything like that and it's very possible that maybe Teresa was someone who got abducted as a child because there were some strange things like what I just described going on sometimes but there are some cases there's another case I dug up this was uh, uh, this was one of the cases from uh, Ted Phillips uh, it was he, he was a guy that uh, 
used to do research into uh, physical trace cases like you would investigate different put uh, compile a different lists of different cases that involved actual uh, evidence of when craft land and here was a case from 1952 in little spring tennessee and by the way i just want to say before i even say this the case that happened that i was talking about with regard to Teresa, what it was something that happened in a small town in pennsylvania but anyway this case this other case is from 19 june 1952 in little spring creek tennessee and i will leave a link uh, for this uh, website that has this list listed too so you can check this out it's on a website called uh, project1947.com Anyway, so in Little Spring Creek in Tennessee in 1952, there was this is what some of the physical trace evidence was. It was marks of legs and a center spike along with small heelless footprints were found. And here was the case. Uh, this was after the fact, and the case involved this. Around 11 p.m., a man hears strange sounds and weird music, sees a shiny thing on the ground with bright lights coming through an open door. Four or five men who were four to five to five feet tall were dancing and singing in high-pitched voices. The object was aluminum-colored, glowing orange and blue in spots, some of which were too bright to look at directly. Rotating lights on a translucent ball was at the top. Object was on four legs, each with a uh, ball at the end and a center spike stood three to four feet off the ground it was seven to eight feet thick at the center like two saucers stuck together <clears throat> the men reloaded the object advanced toward witness with things in their hands that looked like guns but stopped apparently unwilling to cross a creek the men these little aliens i would say walked up a ramp or steps into the object which rose vertically in a twisting corkscrew motion glowing brighter as it rose Okay, but anyway, I just wanted to point that little point that little story out to show that there are sometimes uh, uh, this weird music that's connected with alien uh, creatures sometimes, and so that that that's why I think it's possible that this story that I heard from this person Teresa, who I find uh, a very believable and 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 knowledgeable person uh when and somebody who wouldn't make something up like this in fact this story i heard this a long time ago and i just had it recently retold to me and it's the same story i heard years ago <clears throat> and so i i think that it could that's why i think it could have been a, a, a case involving aliens because of this weird music that Teresa was hearing and then you see a case like this from 1952 but the thing back in the 50s was at that time even had there been disclosure at, by that point even if that was the case, we people would not have made the connection. I do not believe at the time that there was something alien going on. Right? Uh, there weren't a lot of stories coming forth yet that were that talked about people getting abducted by alien beings. I mean, a lot of these stories happen at night in the middle of the night where people see them coming into their bedroom and there's nothing that they can do, and then they get taken outside. They get brought into a a little room where they're. Uh, where they're examined and sometimes there's uh, other things done to them uh, uh like as we talk about with regard obviously related to uh, to some uh, uh, hybridization program i mean that's something else that seems to be happening but i think what uh, you hear a lot of cases where it starts when these when people are children you know a lot of kids will you know, people will remember these weird things as their kids and they'll they'll tell people about them tell adults about it and they'll tell the, the and they're told that no oh, no that's just a dream or or you're lying or something to that effect right so because nobody believes in it 
uh, the, the adults in their lives don't believe in it because the adults are have been told that there's nothing here, there's nothing to it because the people in at, in charge of different governments are towing that lie. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back to continue this discussion. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, we are back. So, uh, uh, when when this happens, okay, a lot. This is how it's uh, apparently this goes down, according to different researchers like David Jacobs, Bud Hopkins, uh, John Mack, different researchers of you know who studied alien abduction. How it for a lot of people it starts as when they're children, and then when they grow up and they have children, then it starts happening to their children. But I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows what the how? It, it could so, some children, some families, uh, some children within some families, it might start happening to them uh, for the first time, and and their children are affected, and and the parents were never affected that they knew of anyway. And then when it, when it starts happening to their kid, they just think that the kids must be having nightmares, because again, because the governments of the world don't admit this, so the kid goes ends up going through life confused about what happened and what's going on, and and that's what happens. Now, of course, I've talked about my situation when I was a kid, what happened to me and how nobody believed me. And I'm going to talk about it again here and, and talk about uh, how it affected me. I want to talk about uh, how the, over the years, as the years went on after it happened, how this affected me and how it wasn't a good thing. It definitely, looking back at it, I was actually thinking about it today and it did not, it, it, it wasn't good. It was terrible. It was something that scared the hell out of me that I knew for a fact happened, but I couldn't get anyone to believe me. And I just had to keep my mouth shut at some point. Anyhow, how it all started was I, at the time I, I, I grew up in this little town in Pennsylvania called Mahanoy Plain. And I lived in this little row house. It was a small house and there was a lot of kids in it. Uh, and this would have been uh, 1977. I was eight, almost nine. 
And, you know, I, I shared an attic. I shared, lived in the attic. I shared the attic with my brother, Davey. He, he, he slept on one side of the attic, and I slept on the other side. In the middle, there were steps that came up, you know, into the into that room. And on the very top of the steps, there was a light bulb. And a lot of those nights, we just leave that light on. You know, we'd fall asleep with the light on just a lot of the times, you know. Because, you, you know, when you're a kid like that, I was a kid. I would stay up as late as I could sometimes reading a book or a magazine or something and then just pass out. Well, the one night I wake up, and I could hear this loud humming sound, electronic humming sound. It's going on just consistent, like mm, something like a transformer or something. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. I've never, I never heard anything like it before or since. Now, uh, there are some cases like that aerial case where people hear, where, where people who see a UFO, they describe some kind of humming sound or buzzing sound like bees. That, that could be what I'm, what I was hearing that same, that sound that I was hearing could have been that same thing that night. So I'm hearing this sound, this consistent sound, this would not let up. And then meanwhile, even more terrifying, there was something standing right beside my bed. Now I couldn't see this thing, only the shadow of it. I had, I had this thin blue blanket. I'll never forget it. It was, I had, I, sometimes I would sleep with a blanket over my head and I felt warmer that way or whatever. So I'm laying there and I could see through the blanket, the silhouette of something standing there, and more pronounced was the was the hand and arm of this thing. Whatever it was, it had a, like a smallish arm with, and it had a hand like a small hand, but it had three thick fingers on it. That oh, that was it. It was three digits, three thick digits at the base that came to almost points at the end. It was a very strange looking hand and it was constantly, it was moving up close to my, where my face was and then further away, close to where my face was and further away, just during this whole incident, which lasted for 20 minutes. And I could see, I knew there was, there was something standing there. I could see like there was a, some shadowy thing standing there, but, but the thing that I could see the clearest through the blanket was the hand because it was getting close to where my head was and then further away during this whole incident that never stopped. Whatever this thing was, was standing there and there was this, and it was accompanied with this loud humming sound. Now, at, at the time, I did not know anything about aliens or alien abduction or anything like that. In fact, I don't think any, most people back in the seventies didn't know, knew nothing of these things. Uh, <laughs> so I'm scared out of my mind and I'm laying there watching this thing and I'm asking who's there, right? And there's no response from whatever this thing is. Who is it? You know, <laughs> I, 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 I'm thinking it's a demon or, 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 or Satan himself. That's, that was the best of my imagination could conjure up at that moment. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was something from hell. I thought something was there to take me to hell or something because I couldn't figure it out. And so this thing is over me. This thing is standing right by the bed, you know, and the hand is getting closer to where my face is and then further away. And I did not want to see the face of this thing. And so I, I didn't pull the blanket down. If I would have pulled the blanket down, I would have saw it. But I didn't do that. I was too afraid. But what I did do, my brother was on the other side of the room. So I peeked out of the blanket in his direction. I couldn't see that. I didn't want to look at that thing, whatever it was. And his face was looking right toward me. He was, he was sleeping. His face was, his eyes were closed and he was facing toward me. And I started yelling toward him and he would not budge. He didn't budge. There was no movement. He didn't move around. Like none of my screams and hollering did nothing. It did absolutely nothing. He just laid there sleeping, completely conked out of and meanwhile, not only that, but that humming sound was somewhat muffling my voice, which was un so with him not answering, plus the, this 
unbelievably overpowering humming sound, somewhat muffling my voice. I mean, I was still yelling loudly, but that humming sound was definitely putting a little damper on everything. So I started yelling at this point for my mom and dad at the time, screaming at the top of my lungs for them to come to help me to find out what's the hell, because I didn't know what was there. Nobody came. I'm, I mean, I'm yelling for them for like five minutes straight. Nobody's coming. This whole thing lasted for 20 minutes. Just want to keep that in mind. So, so just so everyone's clear, this wasn't a dream. And it wasn't uh, like uh, some people would suggest. I, when I talked about this the last time, there was some guy that came on there. Well, I know what this is. This was uh, uh, this was uh, uh, sleep paralysis, obviously. Oh, you, no, it wasn't. I, I actually know what sleep paralysis is. I had sleep paralysis on different occasions when I was growing up. And this was far from sleep paralysis. I was able to move during this whole time. It had nothing to do with sleep paralysis. I wasn't dreaming. I was wide awake. I'm awake as I am right now. Completely lucid, terrified, and awake. So nobody's coming. Nobody came. Nobody came to the rescue despite me screaming my head off. So all I could do was just lay there and look. I'm looking at this thing wondering what the hell is it? And I could just see the shadow getting closer to my head and further away. And it, again, it was a smallish, thin arm. I could see that through the shot, through the blanket, you know, and I could see the, the, the hand, the smallish hand, but it had those point, like those... Uh, three digits on that hand that was it it came to almost points at the, at the tips and it was just getting closer to my face and then further away closer to my face further away closer to my face and further away and then i just i started praying i all the prayers i was an altar boy you know at the time i was a member of the local catholic church which was right near the house so i started saying every prayer in the book every prayer i knew was getting said getting whispered you know, through the blanket. Oh my God! Our Father, our never. All those prayers. Oh, you know, please God help me. Please God help. And then there was other prayers, just new prayers I was making up as I'm laying there. Please God. Oh my God! Please help me. You know. So I'm praying and praying and praying. I sometimes I would close my eyes and open them, and the thing was still there. The sound never went away. The whole, during the whole event, nothing ever changed with this. It just whatever it was doing, it just kept on doing it. And then eventually, somehow, I just passed out. I conked out somehow. And at the height of my fear, somehow I just passed out. It wasn't like a dream where you're, you're dreaming and all of a sudden, oh my God, thank God it was a dream. No, 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 I passed out and I slept somehow. And then I wake up in the morning. This was during the summertime. I believe it was the late summer of 1977. I wake up uh, and it's nine, like nine o'clock in the morning. I wake up and there's nothing there. You know, I, I think my brother David, I think he was already up and out downstairs and gone. And I, I'm realizing, oh my God, you know, you know, I, at first I'm like, oh, it's, it's, I'm looking around the room. There's nothing there. Right. And then I, I run downstairs. First thing I do, I go down, I'm talking to my mom. Hey, hey, you know, this is what happened. I tell her the whole story and I'm insisting on this, but yet she keeps telling me, oh, you were just dreaming. No, I'm, I'm like, mom, I'm telling you, I wasn't dreaming. There was something in the room last night. There was a sound and it was a hand and I'm telling you there was something in the room and I'm going over and over this story. I don't know how long I was, I know it was for a while I was trying to convince her. And I actually remember very clearly that day. It was a nice sunny day the next day. I know that. And I remember very clearly at one point during that next day, I remember like, just like my little brain, my kid's brain realizing and understanding nobody's going to believe me. Nobody is going to believe me. I know this happened, but I'm never going to be able to prove it. And nobody's ever going to believe me. There was something in my room last night. I think it was something from hell. And nobody's ever going to believe me. 
I, 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 I just realized it. I, I, even with that in mind, later on, you know, my dad gets home from work. He was a construction worker. He'd be gone all day. He comes, you know, he, I run out to the car. I'm telling him about it. Same story. You know, it's a dream. It was a dream. Nothing to worry about. And I just, I realized that, you know, I, nobody's ever going to know. No one's going to believe this story. And, and I went on for, it wasn't until over 10 years later, like I told, said before, until I started, you know, realizing, putting two, pu- putting two and two together, that this was possibly an alien abduction. It had to be that, right? Well, no, it wasn't Satan. It wasn't hell. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I couldn't understand, actually. When I'm, I, I'm going to church, I'm an altar boy. I, I felt like I was really good. I was good as I could be at that time in my life. I mean, how could I possibly, how, why would the devil want to come for me in the middle of the night? I'm thinking of these kind of things. This is the kind of stuff that was going through my head. And then there were times, I mean, I remember like not like when the, a couple of years at, during at, right after that event, like over the next course of the next two, three years, like I would think about this privately. I wouldn't really talk about this much. I, I to my closest friends, I would bring it up. The friends I hung out with all the time, I would I told them the story. That there were people who knew me, and they they knew I wasn't some kind of a liar or anything, and they they accepted the story. They they never really made fun of me or anything like that. My close friends, I never really brought it up in school or anything though. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know. I never again. I never put two and two together. It took a long time to to, to reach that you know to reach the alien uh, conclusion. But yeah, I, I would sometimes think about it. I remember actually, so I, it scared me so bad when it came to my mind. Like like I would try to actually convince myself. Well, you know, it it, it couldn't be real, right? It was it you know. And, but I knew. But the other part of my brain's like you lying to yourself. You know that that was real. You know you were wide awake, and you know there was something in that room. I couldn't, no matter how hard I wanted to get it out of my head and pretend it didn't happen, because I didn't want to believe it happened. I actually did not want to believe it happened. And again, this was during a time in my life where I did not believe in, I didn't believe in UFOs. I never really gave any of that stuff any credence at all. I mean, in fact, I mean, I saw movies on TV and things like that. I saw the world, the old world of worlds from the 50s and movies like that, Earth versus the Flying Saucers. I thought it was just all Hollywood fantasy stuff. I never thought that the reason these movies were, they were putting them out at the time uh, and they were popular in the 50s uh, was because because of the, I didn't realize that there was you people start seeing UFOs in 47 I mean you have to understand what things were like back in the 70s things were so different back then compared to now like a younger people I mean people my age I'm in my 50s now and I would imagine there's uh, some people out there uh, my age who remember what things used to be like back then I mean there's information was hard to come by I mean you know basically I did grow up in an area where there was cable TV but most people had antennas, right? And that's how they would get their their watch TV with an, an antenna on the roof, and that was it. And that's all you had. But even even though even though we had cable, you still only had twelve channels. You had two through thirteen, and and there wasn't really a lot of really a lot of choices there. I mean, some of the channels were basically duplicates. There was a I remember the, we had two two ABC channels, one from Philly and one from Wilkes-Barre, like two NBC channels, one from Wilkes-Barre, one from Philadelphia. I mean, stuff like that. And you had a, a handful of New York channels. There was nothing on TV about UFOs all the time. So I guess you know, looking back, I see that there was some documentaries that and stuff that would air occasionally back in the seventies. But I mean, there was no VCRs or anything like that. And if you didn't know what was coming on, or you wouldn't, you know. And at the time, again, I wasn't even interested in that stuff. I never thought about that kind of stuff. I never even considered 
considered it being real growing up. And I am, I am certain that my parents never thought about this stuff. They never talked about it. The first time I actually remember my dad, uh, we were watching a, an In Search Of episode in 1980. And it was about uh, UFO crashes, and they were talking about Roswell, and and I was like, I remember looking at it, and I was like, is this this is real? Like I he was already watching, and I came in and I was standing looking at it, and, I, and he said, Yeah, you didn't know that. And that was like the first time I ever, and I still I didn't really think much of it at the time. Uh, again, it wasn't until years later, uh, some you know, again I went through all those years not knowing what it was. I imagine this: there was actually a time where. This person you're hearing speaking to you right now didn't think about aliens or UFOs, didn't really care. Uh, never even thought about it. It wasn't an interest at all. It wasn't until like somewhere in the late 80s, I believe it was, I saw some show on TV and it was about alien abduction and then I started realizing. And, like it all started coming, like it didn't happen all at once. It, I had to think about it for a couple of days I, from what I remember. I, I, You know, it was like, and I started thinking about that incident that I had when I was a kid. That I know that there was something there, right? I know that there was something there. And I started realizing that's what it was. It was a freaking alien in the bedroom. That's what was going on. I might have been abducted. So that's when I, when the lights came on, finally. It took a while, but the lights came on. And then the interest uh, started. It was in the late 80s once I started realizing this. And then, of course, in 1994, I had the... Uh, saw a ufo along with another witness this time so at least there was some other witness there the second time the second incident so then by that i was really interested then and i've been interested in it ever since and i i want answers but see again this this caused confusion for me you know growing up this causes confusion and you know and you know and, and my case is not even nearly the case that i that the incident that i recall the, you know for all i know this kind of stuff would be going on my whole life if i was to get hypnotized maybe i'd find out i'm getting i'm an, a regular alien abductee and they've been doing this all the time that was only one of a hundred times they they came and and did something Right, for all I know, that incident that I recall. But there are people out there, there are other people out there, kids pop, pop right now, right? Over the years, right? Because of this ongoing cover-up, because our governments haven't told the truth to the people who have these things happen to them, or and are more dramatic, more way more dramatic than what I recall, right? There's people, there's kids that will remember actually getting brought on board, actually seeing the beings face to face, right? The big scary, the, the big heads with the big scary black eyes, and the parents are like, oh, this kid must be dreaming. Maybe he saw a show on TV. You know, again, back in the 70s, I, you know, if they would have came clean, because back in the 70s, that's when alien abduction was just starting to become a thing. It wasn't until the 80s where people really start talking about it. But back in the 70s, I mean, had the truth been out there, maybe my parents would have maybe put, be able to put two or two together and say, you know what, maybe it was an alien. And then I would have known at least, at least I would have known what, what, what possibly might have happened to me that night. I mean, it's better than thinking that was uh, the devil himself showing up. I mean, what's scarier, I guess? I mean, aliens are scary too, but I mean, I think the devil, I mean, that's a little bit scarier. Uh, I mean, especially when you're a kid and you th think about things like that. But the problem is, is that there's other kids, people out there, you know, when they were kids or kids right now, right, who experience these things 
and, and the parents don't believe them. Like again, back in the seventies, there just wasn't a lot of information out there. But as time went on, by the by keeping this secret, and as time went on, and you, and and the abduction stories start coming out, and the books start coming out, and more and more people are talking about. It. Again, back then there was no History Channel, Discovery Channel, and all these different channels that we have now that have UFO shows on every night. Basically, it seems like there's something on TV every night talking about this. People are more aware of it now, but still. Still, a lot of people might be aware of these shows and the discussion of aliens, but still, they're not sure if it's real because governments of the world have still are still keeping that from them. And people who suffer the most from it, I believe, are children. Because when these things happen to them, their parents aren't going to immediately understand what it might be. When, when a kid says, hey, this is what happened to me, I'm telling you, it wasn't a dream. And the, and the parents said, oh, it must have been a dream, you're, or you're lying, or whatever. So that's why I, I believe it's 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 the people the the group of people who are affected the worst from this are, are children. I really believe that. I think children are affected the worst because they have no idea what's going on. Their parents are clueless because the government won't share share any kind of information about what they know, what they've discovered, what they have covered for all these years. Uh, the 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 mainstream for the most part doesn't accept the reality of extraterrestrials being here. When they are in fact here, right? Because again, I saw one of them. It was in my freaking bedroom, right? I didn't know it at the time. It took a long time to figure it out. I lived this life of of wonder and concern and wondering maybe I'm crazy. Even I even thought that when I was a kid, I was like, I wonder, maybe I'm maybe I'm I hallucinated or something, and I'm going crazy. But I knew I didn't. I knew it was real. I knew that there was something there. And I know that there's other. There has to be. There's no question about it. I mean, look at the, all the you know. See, watch that movie, Aerial Phenomena. Excuse me, aerial phenomenon. Watch that movie. Watch that documentary if you haven't already, and you'll see how how it affected different people. No, they're adults now. They were kids back in 1994. These are all, you know, thirty somethings now, and they're, you know, they they had their whole lives to think about this and no answers really. And well, again, a lot of them didn't want to talk about it with anybody because you know they didn't want anyone to think they're crazy. They didn't want to get made fun of. I mean, there's so many different stories too, where 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 a family will 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 see. I remember there was a, a one uh, in search of episode. I can't remember the name of the family. There was some family out in the Midwest somewhere that a UFO landed right in the road near their house in uh, in the middle of winter, and they went. They all saw it, and then the thing took off, right? And it, it, those kids at school found out about it and they you know they teased them. All the whole all the kids in this family were getting teased. Hey, yeah, you know you're you're weird and all this kind of stuff. See, but it wouldn't be so weird. People wouldn't be, kids wouldn't get picked on and, and kids kids would not get picked on if the government had come clean or if they come clean finally, right, about what's going on with extraterrestrials. Kids wouldn't get picked on. Kids wouldn't think that, wouldn't be afraid or, or wouldn't be afraid of be call, getting called a liar, wouldn't be afraid of, you know, wouldn't have to go internalizing real things that happened to them, but, they, but they, they're afraid to tell anybody because they're afraid no one's going to believe them. Because they tell their parents and their parents don't believe them. And so they guess, I guess I can't say anything. It's just, it's just terrible. This is a terrible thing that this cover-up has caused nothing but pain and heartache for children over the decades. And, and, and it causes confusion. And who knows what other kind of issues it causes people. I mean, it's... For, again, my incident was not nearly as dramatic. If, say there's some kid that's getting has has to deal with this on a regular basis, constantly getting getting abducted and, and and crying to the mom and dad, and the mom and dad doesn't know whether or not it's really happening, and they don't believe. Maybe they they're not sure if they really believe him. See if the government came out and said something like, "Hey, 
it's possible you know it could it, it, there are aliens and you know alien abductions seem to be something that's happening then then the parents at least they're they're not afraid to accept the reality and and tell their kids yes i'm sorry but it looks like the uh these beings are are coming to you and they're they're just they're not i, I we don't think they could say something like like we don't think they're gonna hurt you I mean, that's all you can say because we really don't know what they're doing, right? But you could tell a kid, hey, we don't think we, it's real. There's nothing to worry about. Uh, it doesn't seem like they hurt anybody. Uh, so if it happens again, just let us know and then we'll talk about it and then we'll just move on. See, it wouldn't be as uh, something that anybody would have to worry about. There was no, if there were no stigma hovering over it, you know, it wouldn't be something that parents would have to be afraid about thinking of or admitting themselves to themselves that something like this might be happening to their kid. Anyway, I, I guess it's just another another aspect of this that people don't really talk about is how this affects children and, and children who have to deal with it on a regular basis. There's kids out there, I can assure you, right now, there's kids out there that, that are dealing with this and there's probably parents out there who don't believe them. I'm sure that there's parents, some parents out there that do believe them. And maybe there, and I'm sure there's some parents out there who they grew up dealing with this and now it's passed on to their kids because that's how it seems it happens sometimes. So... I just think again, because of because our governments have decided to keep this a secret, just so they could develop super weapons in the in in, in secret without anyone uh, knowing what they're up to, j j keeping this gigantic important information away from the public, right? For all this time, just so they could make weapons, basically, that's what's going on here. And and guess who suffers? All the kids, kids of the world, kids of the world. How many kids? Are you? We don't even know how many kids are actually affected. Some kids probably don't even know, know it's happening to them. But I'm sure that there are some, a lot of kids who do know that there's something weird going on. But it's 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 hard for them because again, it's something that's not accepted in the world. So the kids actually have to go through this, internalize it for their whole lives until they grow up, right? Maybe, maybe then they'll talk about it. A lot of times they don't because they're afraid people will tell them they're nuts. But again, it, it's, it's a shame that this is happening because it is real. It's real. And I know it for a fact because I encountered one myself. So right now there's kids out there who are dealing with this and suffering for it. And it's going to affect them their whole lives. Some, and, and for some cases, it's going to be very derogatory for them. It's going to have a derogatory effect on their lives. Anyway, until next time.